What's up, everybody, and welcome back to Baseball Connection. We are back, and there is a piece of news I wanted to touch on today. It is that Jeremy Hellickson has retired. This kind of came out of nowhere. The right-handed pitcher who most recently pitched for the Washington Nationals has decided to call it a career, and that's because he he's hurt, essentially. He suffered a shoulder setback a few weeks ago that would have required surgery and rehab, and instead of going through you know that long process, he just decided it was better to retire so he wouldn't have to get surgery again because that's been the same shoulder that's been nagging him for a while. Um, I mean, that ends a 10-year career for Jeremy Hellickson, who came up with the Rays and was a rookie of the year in 2011 for the Rays. He won a gold glove the following year, and he put together a pretty fine career. I mean, 10 years on the dot of big league service time, that's pretty good. Uh, he ends his career with a 4-1-3 ERA, and he was a solid player for most of it. You know, it's a bummer that it ended the way it did with um, injuries, but at least he did get that World Series ring with Washington last year, and he ends his his career with that on his resume. He was able to go out at least on top in that regard. Uh, you know, he pitched with the Rays, D-backs, Phillies, Orioles, and like I just said, the Nats. And I mean, yeah, Jeremy Hellickson, when he first came up, was a stud for the Rays. One of the first, you know, the, it was like, you know, David Price coming up in like 07. Then it was like, you know, James Shields, who was already up, I guess. Um, Wade Davis, Jeremy Hellickson. He was like, one of the first of the like the young crop of players for with the Rays that were coming up to pitch and they were looking really good. I remember when he came up and uh, he he proved to be a stud in the beginning. He settled in as more like a maybe three or four starter on most teams, but he was always pretty decent. I mean the the Nats picked him up in 2018 by signing him to a minor league deal, and he ended up turning in a really strong season for the Nats. I mean, in 2018, he pitched 91 innings in the big leagues for a 3-4-5 ERA, and he was a really good pickup for them down the stretch. They, they bring him back in 2019, and then, you know, he was able, I mean, he wasn't able to pitch very much. He was shelved with injuries for much of the year. But he ends his career having made almost $35 million, and he's got some accolades. So, great career. You know, shout out to Jeremy Hellickson. I mean, I just want to commend him for that. I mean, just it sucks that it had to go that way. But it is what it is. And very few – see, the the way I think of it is very few players – I mean, you can say it's for any sport. But very few players get a chance to decide when they're done playing. Usually they're told they're done playing, meaning that their services are no longer required or they get hurt or something like that. Very few players get to go out on their own terms, like a Mariano Rivera or a Derek Jeter or a David Ortiz or someone like that. Those are all-time legends. These, are, Those are guys who get to um, go out on their own terms. But everyone else is just going to – their career is going to end at some point or another, whether they like it or not. That's just the, the way it is. But all told, we see, we see a guy who never made an all-star team but did win a gold glove. And did get his ring. So, yeah, that's that's pretty darn good. He's out of Iowa, actually. You know, so it was the the Des Moines Register that broke this story. Um, he's from Iowa, which is kind of like a, a random 
location for uh, I wouldn't say it's too random. Actually, been some decent baseball players come out of there, prospects come out of there. But uh, you know, he was a stud in in Iowa Hoover High School, obviously being picked in the fourth round of the draft, in 05 draft by Tampa Bay. He was the starting pitcher for the U.S. squad in the Futures game in 2010, and then made his big league debut that season and went on to pitch a decade in the big leagues. So, yeah, that's I just want to touch on that. Kind of a surprise, came out of nowhere, but congrats to Jeremy Hellickson on a good career. In other news, Josh Hader lost his arbitration case with the Milwaukee Brewers. Uh, the Brewers defeated him in a hearing where the Brewers had proposed $4.1 million, but Hader wanted 6.4. And as, well, if, you, if you've heard our previous episodes, as we know, with arbitration, it's one side or the other, side A or side B. There is no middle ground, and the arbitrator or the arbiter, I'm not sure how you pronounce it, sided with, the or the panel sided with the Brewers. So he's going to make $4.1 million instead of 6.4. Josh Hader actually just barely earned Super 2 status. So that's basically a player with like a little more than two years of service time. They'll let them round up to three years so that they can enter arbitration. So they'll get four trips through arbitration instead of three because they've been in the big leagues for parts of three years, just not three full seasons, but they give them the benefit of the doubt. That's basically what Super 2 is. So it's his first trip to arbitration. So he gets off that rookie salary, which is like, what, like 500000 550000 or whatever. And now he's going to make $4.1 million this year, which is quite a nice raise. I mean, that's that's a pretty hefty raise, if you ask me. But at the same time, the reason why Hader filed for such a high salary relative to his uh, service time is because he believes that this current system is outdated and it needs to change because the way relievers are seen in arbitration is that they are credited based on how many saves and holds they have. However, now the way relievers like Hader are being used, they're being put in high level situations. They're being put in the middle of the ball game. They're being put in the sixth inning In the fifth inning. They're asked to, asked to throw uh, multiple, multiple games back to back, multiple innings, things like that. It's just all over the place. So you're not necessarily being put in a save or hold situation. So he believes that the system needs to be changed to reflect that. And I think he's right. And I actually think there's one more concern about this is that I think that relievers should be able to reach arbitration based on the number of innings they've thrown, not their major league service time, because it's not the case anymore where you see guys who are only pitching you know, every couple days. Now you have guys like Hader who are throwing so many innings. So many appearances every single year. Now they're wasting their bullets. Whereas a guy who traditionally would have had three years of service time might have, you know, X number of innings. But a guy like Josh Hader after three years has thrown significantly more innings. I mean, last year as a reliever, he threw 75 innings for the Brewers. The year before, he threw 81 innings as a reliever for the Brewers. So it's it's definitely, um, I mean, there there's a, a change in the way things are being done on the field. So therefore there should be a change in the way we are evaluating these players for salaries and everything off the field. That's just my opinion. But yeah. So Hater gets a nice little raise, not up to as many as well, not as many, <laughs> not up to as as much money as he was looking for, but it's still a pretty good deal for him. Moving on to the next topic. Zach Wheeler had some things to say about the New York Mets. He says that during free agency, he heard crickets from the New York Mets. That's what he said. Crickets. 
He said, because it's them, it's how they roll. So Wheeler ended up joining the Phillies on a five-year, $118 million contract, which I obviously thought was, you know, that's a pretty rich sum for a guy who's a three-starter on, you know, any decent team. But that's what the market gave him because it was a good year to be a free agent pitcher because you had big-name guys like Strasburg and Cole on the market, which were which was obviously going to drive the price up. And then even guys like Hunjin Ryu and things like that. It was a very good good market for starting pitching on the hot stove. But, yeah, the, the Mets weren't very excited to bring him back, apparently. And I, I guess it's... It's reasonable. I mean, this this guy's pitched with the Mets for, or pitched for the Mets since 2013, and he's been solid. He's not been great. He's just been been solid. I mean, between 2018 and 2019, when he was actually healthy, he put up a 3.65 ERA over those two years. Um, yeah, a solid starter. But I guess the Mets just decided that they'd be fine with Degrom, Syndergaard, Stroman, Mats, Porcello, and Waka which is what their rotation is right now. It is what it is. I wouldn't feel too bad if I were Zach Wheeler because I have $118 million coming to me over the next five years from the Phillies, and that's going to get the job done. That's that's quite a bag. So I think Zach Wheeler should be, should be pretty excited that he's going to be making decent money. I think that'll, that'll uh, quell any concerns or he can, you know, he can, um, he can sleep easy knowing that he's set financially. But that's all I've got today. Just a little bit. We'll continue next time. If you enjoyed this, please share it with someone who would be interested, and we'll see you next time on Baseball Connection.